The following is a chapter reading of the Worm Audiobook Project. Please support the original author at parahumans.wordpress.com or by donating to his Patreon at patreon.com wildbow. Arc 7. Buzz. 7.8. Storm Tiger raised one hand in the direction he'd come and created a blast of wind to clear a path through Gru's darkness and reveal Hookwolf and Cricket. Fancy this. Hookwolf chuckled, looking down at me. We decided to attack the blockades and avoid being hemmed in like the ABB was, and we happen upon you? Not looking for a fight, I told him. Storm Tiger, find the others of her group. Hookwolf snarled, apparently not considering my words worth responding to. Can't. Storm Tiger spoke from where he stood above me. Not smelling them. You smelled her. And I smelled the two uniforms from the ambulance. Other ones bleeding, sitting near the ambulance somewhere over there. Darkness Boy isn't around anymore, or I'd be able to smell him. He was wrong. My bugs could feel Gru out there. If the driver had been injured, that may account for why Gru had lagged behind, but Storm Tiger couldn't smell Gru? Hookwolf turned to me. The dog girl. Where's bitch? Not here. I know that, he growled. His hand dissolved into a mess of knives, hooks, and spear points, then solidified into an oversized claw with fingers as long as his torso. He flexed them experimentally. How do you even classify that? Ferrokinetic shapeshifting? I crawled backward a few feet, trying to maintain distance between us. Storm Tiger reached down and blocked my retreat with one blade-covered hand. I looked up at Storm Tiger and spoke. We split up earlier today. One of our members had a source. We heard about the email that went out when the news stations and papers did. Decided it'd be better to back off, just in case. No harm done by admitting that much. Don't believe you, he snarled. Doesn't explain why you're here. That's because... I stopped as the two of them turned away. The paramedic, a few feet from Storm Tiger, had bolted and was drawing a gun as she ran toward the closest patch of darkness. As she got close to her destination, still running, she turned on the spot and raised her gun to fire at Storm Tiger and Hookwolf. Hookwolf barely reacted as the bullets punched into his chest, and even that was just the inevitable force of being shot. Storm Tiger raised one arm as if to protect himself, but the bullets were already veering off before they could hit him, leaving a trio of hazy trails in the air where they had turned. Handle her, Cricket. Hookwolf spoke, pressing a hand against his collarbone where a bullet had struck him. The scarred girl with the buzz cut dashed forward, reaching behind her back to draw two scythe-like weapons, each only about as long as her forearm. Coil Soldier had turned to fire at the incoming villainous, but Cricket ducked to the right, then evaded left, in time with noise of the gunfire. The distance between them closed rapidly. I didn't see what happened next, as Coil Soldier disappeared into the darkness and Cricket followed her in. Hookwolf turned to me. Suspiciously competent for an ambulance driver. Pretty fucking sure that's one of Coyle's people. What are you doing with her? I didn't answer. My bugs reacted to a funny noise from the direction of Cricket and Coyle's woman, but I couldn't hear it myself. Gru's power did strange things to sound. I had more immediate concerns. Hookwolf dropped his hand to his side, and I saw how the bullet had penetrated skin, but had failed to get any further than the interlocking grid of metal that sat in place of Hookwolf's muscle. He smiled. I was hoping you wouldn't answer. 
It means we get to interrogate you. Options. Options. What are my options? Bugs? They were around, but I got the impression that Hookwolf wasn't going to suffer that much if I swarmed him. And Storm Tiger had some kind of aerokinesis, which was bound to be pretty effective against the lightweight bugs. Knife? Baton? Not much better. These guys were capable in hand-to-hand. I wasn't. Where was Gru? I fell out with my power and found him at the back of the ambulance with the driver. Whatever he was doing, I hoped he would do it soon. I needed his help. I looked for Cricket and found her in the blackness, dragging Coil's soldier back toward us. I saw her emerge from the darkness, one of the miniature sights buried in the woman's upper arm, the other buried in her thigh. With a full-body effort, Cricket swung the woman forward and pulled the sights free. Coil's soldier rolled onto the ground before Cricket. If her power didn't give her an edge in fitness, she was pretty damn fit for her frame. Was Coil's woman dead? No, the woman was breathing. She was making lots of short, fast breaths. Not moving, but she was breathing. Hookwolf watched for a second before turning back to me. Maybe I'll give Storm Tiger some practice at getting answers out of people. Those claws of his? They're compressed air. Every second he's drawing in more air, shoving it into that claw-shaped space to make them denser, harder. And when he releases it, he offered me a low chuckle. Come on, Gru. I couldn't handle this alone. Want to see what happens when one of them is buried inside you when he turns it into one of his blasts of wind? Hookwolf asked. Again, the low laughter at my expense. Gru was moving toward me with purpose now. I stirred bugs from the ground around him and placed them on his body to get a sense of what he was doing. He was carrying something three and a half feet long nearly a foot wide, a rounded-off shape that was all smooth metal. Shit. I flipped over and scrambled away. Storm Tiger was behind me, and he kicked me in the back as I tried to rise up and start running, shoving me back to the ground, hard. I was glad for my mask as my face bounced off the pavement. Go with it. Remembering the tips Brian had given me during our sparring session, I used the fact that Storm Tiger had created a bit more distance between us, and continued to move away as fast as I could manage. Running? Hookwolf laughed. You can try. Gun oil, Storm Tiger called out, whipping around to face Gru. I smell gun oil. Gru hefted the long metal object back with both hands, then flung it forward. He didn't drop both his arms as he let go. Instead, he used his left hand to follow up with a directed blast of darkness to cover it as it rolled into the clearing. I clamped my hands to my ears, painful as it was with the bandage on my right ear. Gru's right hand was already withdrawing a gun from his jacket pocket as he backed up. His arm jerked twice as he fired the gun at the oxygen tank he'd fetched from the back of the ambulance. The first shot missed. The second didn't. It was so quiet I thought I'd been deafened by the sudden explosion. Hookwolf's delayed scream of pain and rage was a bittersweet relief. Wasting no opportunity, Gru marched forward, gun in hand. Storm Tiger had been further away and lay face down on the ground, bleeding badly but intact from what I and my bugs could see. Gru stopped, aimed, and shot him once in each leg. Hey! Cricket's voice was strangled, strained. I wondered if one of the injuries that had given her one of those scars had done something to her vocal cords. She lowered one of the sights towards Coyle's soldier. I've got a... Gru covered her and her hostage in darkness and turned toward me and Hookwolf. The message was clear. He wasn't negotiating. I was pretty sure I couldn't have made that call. 
even knowing that stopping for the woman's sake was almost inevitably going to lead to a worse situation. Hookwolf staggered to his feet. He'd taken more damage from the blast than anyone, and his skin hung off in tatters around the arm he hadn't yet transformed, most of the trunk of his body and his thigh, with lesser damage over the surrounding area. Beneath the tatters of skin, as I'd seen with the bullet wound, there was only blood-slick bands and blades of metal. Hooks and knives all laid side by side in the general shape of human musculature. Hookwolf thrust his damaged arm out to one side and the muscle unhinged like a Swiss army knife, revealing still more blades and hooks that unfolded, swelled and overlapped to cover and patch the injured area. His arm grew with the use of his power and the resulting limb was three times the normal size, ending in what looked like a two-foot-long fish hook. Skitter, Gru called. Run. I climbed to my feet and hurried toward him. Hookwolf turned to face me, then lunged my way, closing more distance than I might have anticipated. I abandoned my attempt to rejoin Gru and headed to my left, straight into the darkness. My bugs dotted the surface of a mailbox, three paces into the blackness. I ducked around it as Hookwolf blindly followed me in. Swinging blindly, he struck a fire hydrant, but no water was forthcoming. He lunged left, gouging chunks of brick from a wall. Then he leaped right, striking the mailbox and cleaving it in half. I was already scrambling in Gru's general direction, the mailbox well behind me. I felt a surge of relief at realizing that Cricket had abandoned her hostage in favor of going after Gru to initiate a brief exchange of blows. Unfortunately, my relief was short-lived because the combat wasn't brief in a good way. Gru fired the gun twice, and twice she dodged the bullet, standing only ten and seven feet away from the barrel. It wasn't super speed, either, though she was quick. Her movements were simply too efficient, and if there was any delay in her reactions, I wasn't seeing it. He swung a punch as she closed in. Cricket leaned out of the way, then swung her scythe to rake him across the chest. From the way he staggered, I knew she'd struck home. He jabbed. She avoided it as though it were easy, then followed up with two more swings, and he failed to avoid either. He staggered back, clutching one arm to his chest. He blanketed the area around them in darkness, filling the clearing, and Cricket immediately switched to swinging blindly and ferociously around herself as she advanced toward where Gru had been. Gru backed away, but this had the unfortunate effect of putting him closer to Hookwolf, who was doing much the same as Cricket. Gru turned and ran to create some distance and avoid being hemmed in. Then, every bug in the area reacted to that sound I couldn't make out, the one I'd heard when Cricket went after Coyle's soldier. It was loud enough for them to hear through the darkness, but entirely out of my range of hearing. I couldn't say for sure, but I got the impression the ones closer to Cricket had heard it a fraction of a second sooner. Grew! I screamed in the oppressive shadow. Move! Cricket turned toward him and lunged in one motion, bringing both sights down in an overhead swing. Grew moved out of the way just in time. She has radar! I shouted my voice barely audible to myself. Didn't matter. Gru could hear me. Cricket passed one of the many sights into one hand and then used her newly freed hand to wipe bugs from her skin. They were gathering on her, and she was starting to feel it. Good. Again, that pulse emanated from her. She maintained it this time, and my bugs began to suffer for it. Their coordination suffered. They began to move slower, and their senses, such as they were in the darkness, began to go haywire. After a second or two, I thought maybe I was starting to feel it too. A bit off balance. Nauseous. Gru was hunched over, his hands on his knees, but I wasn't sure if that was Cricket's power or the injuries she'd inflicted. 
from the way Cricket was moving, I gathered that she couldn't see us. Was it echolocation? Did it not work as she simply blasted the noise continually, rather than in bursts? Annoying as it was that everyone seemed to have a way of dealing with my bugs, annoying as it was that everyone seemed to have a way of dealing with my bugs, I was at least putting her in a position where she couldn't both find us and deal with them. I was having trouble getting a sense of her powers. I'd heard of her, seen pictures, read up on her on the wiki and message boards. She was really more than a footnote, typically a suspect in a murder or arson case alongside Storm Tiger and Hook Wolf. Never had I come across something like, Cricket has limited precognition, or Cricket is a sound manipulator. The bugs started to fall away from her, losing their grip or ability to navigate through the air. Knowing our advantage would soon disappear, I advanced toward her, drawing my knife. I checked on Hookwolf and found him scaling a building a distance behind me. Was he trying to rise above the cloud of darkness to spot us or get his bearings? I was three paces from Cricket when I felt the sound die off, then resume again for one brief second. Another radar pulse. Careful! I shouted, adjusting my momentum and hurrying to back away. Too slow. She was already pivoting to swing at me. The handle of one scythe struck me in the side of my throat, the actual blade hooking around the back of my neck to halt my retreat. Before I could do anything, she pulled me toward her. I stumbled forward, and she adjusted her grip to swing the other scythe up and into the side of my stomach. I doubled over and crumpled to the ground. Gru shouted something, but his words didn't reach me through the darkness. Cricket emanated another radar pulse, then lunged for Gru. She caught him in the arm this time. Then she backed off, going for the continuous, sense-warping noise to put my bugs on the fritz once more. Gru raised his borrowed gun, and his arm bucked with the kick. Cricket was oblivious as the gun fired off several times in a row, but whatever she was doing with her power was screwing with Gru's ability to aim. None of the bullets struck home. He stopped. Either he was out of bullets though it seemed too soon for that, or he wanted to conserve ammunition. I climbed to my feet, feeling my side protesting in agony. The blade hadn't penetrated my costume, but the sides of my stomach weren't armored and the cloth had done little to soften the jab of it, even if it had prevented me from being cut or disemboweled. Cricket was bigger than me, stronger, and she knew how to use her weapons. It had hurt. When I was sure I could move without falling over, I lunged, knife in hand, I'd hoped that if I was quick about it, I could act before she used her radar again. I wasn't so lucky. She was already moving by the time I realized she'd made another pulse of noise, scythe points whipping around toward the side of my head, where my mask provided only partial coverage. I had too much forward momentum to avoid walking straight into the incoming blades. I half fell, half ducked, and instead of driving my knife into her back like I'd intended, I wound up burying it in the side of her thigh. Whatever technique let her dodge bullets, it apparently didn't work as she couldn't see. As much as it might have hurt, she didn't waste an instant in hefting her weapon to retaliate and swinging down at my head. I wasn't in a position to get out of the way. Gru caught her by the wrist mid-swing and pulled her off balance before she could follow through. She moved fluidly, considering the blade buried in her upper leg. She reversed her grip on her weapon with her free hand, stuttered her power to create what I thought was another radar pulse, then readied to swing it at Gru. I twisted the knife and pulled it out of her leg with a two-handed grip. Or, to rephrase, I pulled the knife through her leg, dragging it horizontally through the meat of her thigh, toward her hip, then out. She toppled, and Gru put a hand on my shoulder to pull me back away. Cricket lay on the pavement, pressing her hands to her injury. You okay? Gru asked me as he cleared the darkness within one foot of both of us. I'm bruised, but yeah, 
I should be asking you that question. How bad is it? He banished the darkness around his body, and in the gloom I saw how the blades had neatly cut through his jacket and t-shirt to draw crisscrossing lines of red across his chest. An uglier wound marked his right arm from elbow to wrist, all the more visible because the cut had extended to the cuff of his costume, leaving the sleeve to hang loose around his elbow. Looks worse than it is. I fought people like her before, in sparring and fighting classes. She was showing off with the first few cuts. Shallow, inflicting pain, not really meant to disable or deal real harm. That's stupid, I muttered. I'm glad, but it's stupid. She probably didn't think about it. I'd bet it's something she learned and incorporated into her style while fighting for a crowd. He looked over in Hookwolf's direction, then winced at how the movement pulled against his injured chest. We should go. Agreed. Gru opened a path in the darkness for the faux paramedic. We checked that she was alive, and then helped her limp to the ambulance, with me doing most of the heavy work for once. I hurried to grab some first aid supplies, packing ointments, pills, and bandages into a bag. Coyle's soldiers retreated back toward the police barricade before I was finished, each supporting the other. Gru flooded more of the area with darkness while I gathered most of the swarm back around myself. I left only the bare minimum of bugs necessary to navigate the sightless world of Gru's power and the ones I needed to track Hookwolf's presence. There were more I couldn't touch because they were caught helpless in the endless subsonic drone that Cricket still emanated, but I had enough that I could deal. We hurried away before Hookwolf thought to attack the spot where the ambulance had crashed. We were nearly four blocks away before Gru felt it safe to dismiss the darkness around us. Rationally, I knew we were safer in the shadows, that it would prevent most ambushes, but a primal part of my psyche was glad to be in the light and noise once more. I shot Gru another worried look as we walked. Looks like it's my turn to give you some stitches. You gonna be okay? Fuck. He touched his chest tenderly, not giving me a direct answer. What were her powers? Overclocked reflexes and what was it you said? Radar? Enhanced reflexes is a better guess than what I'd come up with. She was making some sort of subsonic drone. It was the source of that distortion effect. She could use it like echolocation or something. It's times like this I can say it's worth having Tattletail on the team. I hate not knowing someone's powers. We stopped at an old church with boards up where there should have been stained glass windows. Litter and more than one half-full trash bag occupied the ground at the base of the building. Together, we walked inside. Regent was perched on the lip of the stage behind the altar. Tattletail sat on the back of one of the benches, her feet resting on the seat. Bitch paced along the rear of the church and the point farthest from the door, and her dogs moved like gargantuan silhouettes in the darkness of the aisles. If it weren't for the light filtering in between the plywood on the windows, I wasn't sure I would have known they were there. Grew! Tattletail leapt from her seat. What happened? Ran across Hookwolf, Storm Tiger, and Cricket. Those three like to cut people. Grew spoke. We were lucky to get away as intact as we did. Sit, I ordered Grew. Hissing between his teeth, he pulled off his jacket, then turned his attention to his t-shirt, which was sticking to his chest with the blood that had leaked from the cuts. Rather than have to remove his helmet and drag the cloth over his injured chest and arm, he tore his shirt where it had been cut and pulled it off in tatters. He sat down, shirtless, his helmet on. I began getting the stuff to clean his wounds. Did you guys run into trouble? Gru asked. Just enough that we've been getting a little restless. Bitch took down some thugs, but they scattered, and word's probably out that we're in the area. Purity? He asked. She's out there. Regent spoke, 
in his characteristic distracted, disaffected manner. We saw the lights and heard the noise as she was knocking down more buildings. She moved away from this area a little while ago. Tattletail turned to me. Here, give me that. I'll work on his arm. I duly handed over the cleaning solution and some antiseptic wipes. I heard Gru mutter. Shit, I hope Cricket isn't the type to put poison on her weapons. Don't say that! I gasped, horrified. Not to worry either of you. Tattletail sounded exasperated. My power says no. I nodded, but my heartbeat was still cranked up a notch from that momentary alarm. When I glanced up from the stash of medical stuff I'd grabbed from the ambulance to see how Tattletail was doing with Gru's arm, I saw Gru's skull visor pointed at me. Was he looking at me? What was he thinking? What expression was on his face? I'm thinking gorilla strikes. Gru spoke, turning to Tattletail. We have the dogs. We use their mobility to harass, catch any roaming group of guards, take them down, disappear before reinforcements or heroes show. Tattletail shook her head. One problem with that. Which is? She pointed at his chest. You may not have been poisoned, but you've lost some blood. I'd like even money that you'd pass out if you did something as high exertion as riding the dogs. Don't take a bet with Tattle, Regent chimed in. She cheats. We need to end this fast, Tattletail said. Not just because of Gru's injuries, but because Purity is going to wipe out our neighborhood soon if someone doesn't stop her. We need to take the most direct action we can. Direct action, I echoed her. I didn't like the sound of that. We go straight for Purity. Fuck that, Gru shook his head. There's no way. Way, Tattletail reported. It's not pretty, it's risky, but it's our best bet at ending this one way or another. The thing is, we've got to move fast or our opportunity will disappear. Skitter, we better get started on the stitches. I'll explain while we do it. I swallowed, nodded, turned my attention back to the bag of medical stuff, and found the needle and thread. Like you said before, I told Gru, quiet, pulling the pre-threaded needle free of the spool. Let me apologize in advance. Damn it, he muttered.